Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Just a quick note, the following episode contains graphic imagery. Listener discretion is advised. A Fox Meadow resident has given us a lead. He says that we need to talk to his old neighbor if we want to know about the murders. He refers to the neighbor as her, so we know it's a woman, and he also refers to her as an upstairs neighbor who lived next to him. We're pretty sure this is the mystery woman from the 911 call. Someone is blood everywhere. There's no reason to hold anyone. Where the freak is the cop? So while Tingu and Betsy are still in Fox Meadow, we start searching various databases, pulling all the names of female residents who lived in second-floor units near the Naras around the time of the murders. And we start making calls. And then finally, a breakthrough. Hi, you've reached Crystal White. Currently, I'm unavailable to take your call. If you leave me your name, your number, and the time that you called, I We leave a message. We wait. We don't hear back. But we keep pursuing Crystal, because her voice does sound similar to the woman on the 911 call. Betsy and I stop by an address we find in a real estate database. Hi, is Crystal here? Is there anybody here named Crystal? No. No? Oh, no. Okay, she Sorry. probably used to live here. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe no. before. Yeah. Okay. Thank All right. You. Sorry to trouble you. <laughs> Another dead end, and we've got flights home to catch. Once again, thank you for your patience, Corporation. Thank you for choosing United. I'm sitting in the Philadelphia airport, waiting to board, and I decide to give Crystal another ring. Hello, this is Crystal. How can I help you? Hey, Crystal, my name is Betsy. I'm a reporter, and I'm doing a story about uh, a crime that happened at Fox Meadows in 2017, and we're reaching out to former residents to see if they remember the family that the crime was perpetrated against. Oh, you're talking about the Indian lady and the child? Yes, that's who I'm talking about. Do you Did you know them? Yes, I was the person that went inside with someone, and he was on the phone with 911. I'm Tinku Ray. And I'm Ben Adair. You're listening to Strangeland, Season 2, Murder in Maple Shade. Episode 10, The Mystery Woman. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. We finally found her. Crystal White is the woman on the 911 call. Her voice is what sent us to Maple Shade in the first place to find out what she saw at the crime scene six years ago. Back then, Crystal lived at 5 Hamilton Road, Apartment C, just five doors down from the NARS apartment. 
She says they would say hi and bye in passing, but they were mostly strangers living in the same block. But on March 23rd, 2017, that changed. It was around 9 p.m. She walked outside her apartment to get some groceries she'd forgotten in her car, and she saw Hanu standing in front of his door, barefoot and yelling in another language. And I was like, are you okay? And he said, "Um, no. I said, what do you mean no? He was like, my son and my wife, they're, uh, they're not breathing. And I said, oh. I said, well, are they sick? Did something happen? He, he, could, he never told me that they were dead. He just kept saying they could not breathe. When she approached Hanu, Crystal realized that he was on the phone with someone. He said, listen, you got to hang up. you got to call 911. He said, okay, okay. He couldn't understand me. I said, no, you call 911 on your phone. But he was asking me to do it. I said, no, you call 911. And I showed them how to do it. And when he called 911, the operator asked me to go in there with him. And I said, sure, to see if they're breathing. Crystal says Hanu unlocked the door to his apartment and led Crystal to the bedroom to see Sasi and Anish. So I'm walking all the way back. First of all, his apartment was cluttered. It was only like a walkway to the bedroom. It was really, really hot. It's like they had the heat on full blast. I had all this white, fine stuff on my shoes. And I was like, what in the world is this? I think it was coming from the vent because I felt it. Like, you could breathe it and inhale it. But when I, before I even got to the back, when I saw the pool of blood, I said, they're dead. When I got to the back, the wife was sitting on the floor. Her head was, like, slumped down. Her throat was cut from one end to another. Blood was gushing out on the left side of her. And her son... They took him and they placed him in between the two beds. Crystal says that the Nara's bed consisted of two mattresses that were pushed together. Anish was laid out in the middle of the bed. His legs were crossed and tucked between the two mattresses. You could see that the white stuff that was flowing through the vent was all over him. I don't know what it was. And his eyes were wide open. And... It cut his throat so bad that on his left side, the side that I saw, it was a big chunk of um, flesh hanging out. And all I could do was scream. Okay. And what's what's wrong there? Hey, talk to me. Is male or female? A female and a son. Okay. There's blood everywhere. Crystal went into the Nara's apartment to see if Sassy and Anish were breathing. She knew almost immediately that they were dead. You can hear her losing it. Did anybody like do anything to them or are they just not breathing? No, they both are not breathing. I just came from office. It's blood everywhere. They both are blood everywhere. Again and again, Hanu can't quite answer the questions. And again and again, Crystal intervenes. Are they bleeding? I just came from Are both of them breathing? Uh, I didn't even touch, so I don't know. Okay, do you want to start CPR? No, you can't. Their throat is slit. Their throat is cut. Okay, all right. We do have help on the way out there. I mean, that's like a really traumatic thing to see. I just wanted to follow up on one thing you said. So Hanu was on the phone with his friend before he called 911. Correct. He was shaking. He was standing outside with bare feet on concrete, just shaking while he was on the phone. 
and I knew something was wrong. I literally mm-hmm. believe he was really shocked, and mm-hmm. he was so upset he didn't know what to do. How be it though, the female that came to his rescue, uh, that was there with him, I found it very strange for her to go in and see a murder. Wait, there was a woman that showed up to the scene? Yes. And she drove you- up in the car and came in with us. I don't know her name, but I just found, I just knew that she didn't speak ang- English very well. Was she an Indian woman? Yes. In the boarding process, we'd like to apologize for the delay in boarding. Um, I'm sorry about all of the background uh, noises. Um, I'm at the airport. I'm actually leaving, and I was wondering if I might be able to set up an interview so that, you know, we might be able to ask you some follow-up questions about the case. Is that something that you would be okay with? Oh, sure. That's not a problem. Hi, Betsy. Hey, Pinku. Okay. Um, something crazy just happened. I was, I'm sitting in the airport and because my flight got delayed, I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to try to call a few more people before I leave town. And Mm -hmm. I got in touch with Crystal White. Oh, okay. She's the woman, she's the woman on the 911 call. Yeah. She is the woman, right? Yes. I knew it. I knew, I, I, this is, I mean, finally, finally a break. So here's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to try and drive down next weekend and meet okay. her. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye. We put something on the calendar for the following weekend, and I make the drive from Boston to South Jersey to do a proper sit-down interview with Crystal White to find out more about the crime scene and the investigation. They asked me, what did I think about him? And I said, well, I believe his shock was genuine, but he didn't cry, uh, show any remorse for his child being dead. I said, and I told him the truth. I said, I think the whole thing is staged. I said, it looks like it was um, set up. That's coming up just after the break. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. After the murders, Crystal moved to a quiet neighborhood in a nearby town. Her street is lined with picket fences and tall evergreen trees. It's a far cry from Fox Meadow. Hello, it's Crystal here. She's expecting me, thank you. She lives in a second floor apartment, small and very tidy, with a large religious painting on the wall. Hi, how are you doing? You can come in and have a seat. Crystal? Yes, I'm Crystal. Thank you, I'm Tinku. Okay, hi, nice to meet you, Tinku. Yeah, no, don't worry. How are you doing today? As I visit with Crystal in her living room, I learned some things about her life. She's a loan officer at a local bank. She's very spiritual and goes to church every Sunday. And she leaned heavily on her faith after the murders. 
That night traumatized her. She moved out of Fox Meadow, and eventually she moved on with her life. Six years later, there are still some details that just don't add up for her. For starters, why did Hanu say that Sassi and Anish were just not breathing when the reality of the situation was much worse? Why did Hanu wait so long to call 911? And who was he talking to on the phone when Crystal first saw him? He was talking to the person for a while, though. Because remember, I was still at my car at my trunk getting my stuff out. He was still talking. Real loud. The person on the phone obviously didn't tell him to call 911. That's, that's bizarre to me. I said, no, hang up and dial 911. I had to make him do it. It's like he didn't want to do it. I said, no, dial 911. Crystal says Hanu told her he didn't know how to call 911, so she dialed the number for him. Considering Hanu lived in the U.S. for nine years before the murders, it's a little hard to believe he didn't know how to dial 911. In fact, we did some research and found out that Hanu did know how to reach emergency services because in 2015, he had called 911 to report an incident involving his car. Crystal does think that some of Hanu's behavior was because he was in shock, but his absent-mindedness wasn't consistent. For example, Hanu had to unlock the door to let Crystal into his apartment, meaning he had taken the time to lock the door behind him after discovering the bodies. It was weird because you have your shoes off, but yet you have your keys in your hand, and you're on the phone, and your door, I would have left the door open. Right, so he had the foresight to pull the door shut behind him. And lock it. Crystal remembers some odd details about the crime scene, too. There was one large pool of blood near Sassi, but Crystal didn't see any blood on Anish. No blood on the bed where his body was laid out, and no blood splatter on the walls or on the floor. There was no blood on him. That's why I thought it was staged. And Crystal says that just a few days after the murders, Hanu put the mattress out by the dumpster. So she says she inspected it and found no blood, not a drop. It's mind-blowing. There was, they, they threw everything out. Uh, the bed that the little boy was laying on, there was no blood on the mattress. You know how blood seeps through? was none. Crystal says it didn't look like the murders took place in the bedroom. She thinks maybe it was a different room. Another strange detail she remembers the heat in the apartment. It was almost overwhelming. So when I walked in there, it was very, very hot. It was so hot, I felt like I couldn't breathe. She also says there was a strange white powder everywhere throughout the apartment. And whatever it was coming out the vents, it covered me. I was walking and my whole shoe was covered with this white powdery substance. I told the police officer, I said, there's this white stuff coming, like floating in the air in their apartment because it's all over my shoes. I said, that's not normal. And they dismissed it, I believe. The powder, she said, covered Anish, the bedroom, the floor. When you say dismissed. He didn't write it down. Crystal doesn't know what the white powder was. So we're going to look into it later. But for her, no matter what it was, it's an example of how the police completely mismanaged this investigation. I felt like they were not capable of handling a situation like that. 
I felt like they should have brought somebody else in to handle the situation because they really didn't know what to do. And I gathered that by the questions they were asking me. I gave them that information and they felt like it meant nothing. How long would you say the police questioned you? Uh, for a good, like, ten minutes. And that was it. Did they talk to you again and ask you in detail all of, this de- all of these details that you're giving me? No. They never, after that night, they never contacted me again. Not one time. Crystal was an important witness. She was one of the first to see the crime scene, and she was the one who told Hanu to call 911. But still, Crystal says police only spoke to her briefly. Thurman Jennings, another witness to the aftermath, told us a nearly identical story, that his interaction with authorities was limited and hurried. Crystal had more extensive interactions with religious workers who were on scene the night of the crime. They were there to provide emotional support. Crystal says one asked her about her relationship with God and her love life. You know, he said, usually when God makes a person like you, he makes your partner the same way. I said, oh, I didn't know that. He said, so, you know, I told him I was divorced. And he said, well, you need to find the other part of you. And I said, no. She made note of a lot of unusual details about the crime scene and says investigators didn't write down much of what she said. They didn't seem interested. Not in the mysterious white powder or what seemed like the strange lack of blood surrounding Anish. All the blood was drained from him. Where was all the blood? That's what I kept saying. I, don't, I didn't see any blood. And the lady that came in, I told them, I said, she acted like it was normal. Okay, this is where the plot thickens. Crystal says before emergency responders arrived, an unidentified woman showed up at the Nara's apartment and marched into the crime scene. And for Crystal, what this mysterious woman did next is one of the most disturbing parts of the evening. She gets out the car and she starts speaking to him in their language. And she was like, well, let me see. That's what she said to him. I said, okay. I was like, well, you don't really want to see it. She said, let me see the bodies. He was like, no. She was like, come on. On the 911 call, you can actually hear Crystal and Hanu telling this woman not to go into the bedroom. Caller on the line states that their family, a male and a female, are in the home, deceased. Don't, don't go back there. Don't go back. God, I just feel really strange about the woman, the way she walked in the apartment and wanted to go back in and look at the bodies and examine it. I just think that, you know, something's not right here. Crystal came to a clear idea about what happened. I thought that the crime scene was fixed and that that female had something to do with it. That was my first impression. We're going to get into this on the next episode of Strangeland. The next two episodes of Strangeland drop on March 2nd. Strangeland is an audio Chuck original produced by Western Sound. You can learn more about our investigation, including how you can get involved at our website, strangelandpodcast.com. And if you love what you hear, please don't forget to tell your friends about this important story. 
And type us a review on your favorite podcast app to help the story continue reaching more and more people like you. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.